Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Matthew, we have an um, exciting show lined up today, but obviously this is a uh, a really um, fun time of the year, particularly when um, the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks won the national mm. championship in basketball. That's, oh, my goodness. That's something to celebrate. I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed Steve's not up here with me. I'm obviously glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a great program. Dawn Staley has done a fantastic job. They beat UConn uh, to win the national title. So congrats to them. A lot of hard work they put in. And um, they are, their future is very, very bright, so very exciting. Yeah, and a lot of people, I'm sure, go into the WNBA from that team as well. So yeah. just a lot of talent on that one team. It is, it's fun to watch. I, I like how they play, too. They, uh, they're, they're, they're just solid in a lot of different areas. And um, I don't know, there's some more cars on the road this week as well. Is in there Augusta, something else going on? Yeah, and I guess there's a, is there a tennis tournament tennis, or a um, base, something like a yeah, golf yeah. tournament? I think it's golf, oh, yeah. Okay, there's a yeah, there's tournament called the Masters. The Masters, okay, yes. Right. Yeah, we, we've seen some of that traffic coming into work. It's uh, got to know what, what roads to take. and not Washington Road is definitely not a road to take yeah. uh, this time of year. But, man, it is, it's beautiful weather. It's just a really good... Uh, you know, just time time to be out there. It's, I think all the azaleas are in bloom. Yeah, it's just a good. It's uh, it's it's uh, gonna be very windy, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, super super windy Friday and uh, Saturday and Sunday as well, but it's gonna be sunny and hopefully the course will uh, dry out. So uh, if you're in town listening to us for the first time, welcome to Augusta. This is uh, something that I think everyone here pretty much looks forward to year round. So uh, the podcast. Yeah, podcast. That's right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But we um, we do have a good um, a good show lined up today. Um, we're going to start talking about the uh, um, you know financial decisions, and we talk with clients on this pretty frequently. About there's usually two answers to every financial question. One of them is a, a spreadsheet answer, right? Numbers and so forth. But then the psychological answer um, can be very different than the spreadsheet answer. So we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper. Really good discussion here. I, I am excited to talk about that. And also, um, we found a, a, another good topic to talk about, lifestyle creep. Yeah, and this is from the Ramsey organization. And it's talking about, hey, when your income increases, what do you do with that income? Do you just roll that into your budget? Does your budget increase? Or do you keep the same lifestyle and uh, move on towards your next goal? What, is, what does that look like when your income does increase? Yeah, that's going to be a good good discussion because we do have those conversations as well. So uh, by the way, I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified financial coach. And I have, um, gosh, almost 30 years of experience now in planning for both corporations and individuals. Well, and uh, I'm Matthew Travis. I'm the son of John Travis. And I've been working here for about four years now as an advisor. Yeah, CFP too. That's right. right. Two years ago, right? That's you right. That? Yeah, man. Time, time flies. So we're certainly excited to have you um, to you know listen to the, to us today, and you know we're ex- exclusively up every single Friday uh, morning. So you can go to our website, MoneyMD, uh, download us on iTunes, and and listen to us anywhere in the world. And so if you go to our website, MoneyMD.net, we have a link to all the past podcasts. You can go check them out, and uh, also some other really good resources. In particular, I want to highlight the uh, financial uh, account inventory sheet. Really important that you have one of those on file for your you and your family. There's usually one person that fills that out and uh, just needs to make sure that everybody else knows where it is because 
um, you know, we see people, you know, passing away um, just unexpectedly. So, and that's that's just the financial roadmap that shows the right. other family members where everything is from a safety deposit box to, hey, we have an account at Bank of America or TD Ameritrade. Right. So it just lays out where everything is for those other family members. Yeah, so very important. So check out our website, moneymd.net. We also have a Facebook page, MoneyMD, and we put the prescription of the week out there every week. And I think, Matthew, you're up on that one this week. So go check Matthew out. And uh, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. And this is interesting. Uh, this comes from CNBC, but it says the average rate on the popular 30-year uh, fixed rate mortgage just crossed 5%. Wow. Um, this is for the first time. It's crossed that threshold since 2011. There was a couple of days in 2018 where it was past that. But uh, I mean, just a year ago, it was in the I mean the 3% range. I know it got down to the 2% range at some point. So yeah. I mean, the, the interest rates on, on these houses um, you know, are just increasing more and more. So you know, and and you know, antidote to that is the the refinancing of these houses is kind of out the window, unless you have a very high interest rate. But yeah, that, that day is kind of passed um, at this point. Yeah, for most people, it is, and and you know, five percent really historically is is pretty low. I, I I know I probably told you this, but back in the the nineties when we started you know buying our first homes and we were traveling around with corporations, um, we were in the seven to eight percent range. Wow. So five um, percent is. Is certainly um, lower than that, but much higher than where it's been, and that that's probably going to hurt. I would imagine it would hurt the housing market some. So, uh, you know, we do see interest rates rising. So, um, good good financial fact of the week, and we're going to switch gears here and talk about. Um, you know, if you have big financial questions, sometimes you just have to step away from the spreadsheet, Matthew. Sometimes you can get so detailed, folks, and get so detailed on the numbers. And uh, not all decisions are number-driven. Um, you know, you have to look at um, some other factors as well. And this comes out of Morningstar uh, by Christine Benz uh, recently. And, you know, some questions we get are, are layups um, because it, you know, just involves dollars and cents. Um, you know, what to do with an old 401k or what's the best, you know, 529 plan uh, for an individual or how to invest in a, a healthcare um, savings account. But, you know, some of the bigger questions uh, that we see are, are more complicated. They're questions where money is just one of many considerations. And uh, the big picture question and the right decision uh, in response uh, is also very, very personal. Yeah. And, and that can look like a lot of different things, even like spousal unity. I mean, that's a big piece that, that we're, um, you know, we don't want to overlook. We won't speak specifically on that in this, but yeah, making sure you and your spouse are on the same page. So while a spreadsheet, spreadsheet might yield some insights, it's far from the final deciding factor. It can actually cloud the right answer. It's important to remember that not everything can be weighed and measured. Your personal preferences, appetite for risk, and simplicity, and just good old common sense are just as important to arriving at that right answer, possibly as crunching the numbers. Um, so here are some, some key decisions where the right answer involves a bit of introspection and asking big picture questions rather than just going strictly by the spreadsheet. Yeah. So um, one question we get a lot is, uh, you know, when can I retire um, and should I retire? And so financial resources obviously are a key input um, on deciding whether and when you should retire. Um, you know, looking at Social Security or maybe have pensions. Um, you know, if you have, if you've saved, then you're going to have, um, you know, you can have portfolio withdrawals as well. Um, that can give you income for, for a very long time in retirement. But another set of questions that precede the number crunching about retirement, or at least run parallel on track, is what, what do you plan on doing uh, with your time? And we do see folks that have not gone through those, that, that thought process. So if you've derived a, you know, a sense of purpose 
uh, and social connections from your work, what are you going to do to replace that? I mean, there's a lot of research out there that points to the value of purpose and social interaction as contributors to happiness and even physical uh, well-being in retirement. So, you know, again, numbers are important here, but there's a very, there's a almost a equally, if not bigger, important uh, decisions that you have personally. Yeah, and we've had clients who have who have retired and who have quite frankly hated it. They've said they really don't enjoy it, and that they then the reason is not because they don't have enough money, but the reason is that they did not think through these questions prior to that, yep. and they they didn't have anything to do, and and work was was where they had identity. So we would argue that answering those questions should proceed or at least run in tandem with any investigation into the financial aspects of retirement. Relatedly, for many workers, there's a strong case to be made for blurring the line between working and retirement. Rather than leaving work altogether, many retirees would possibly do part-time or do contract work. We know out, out at the site, SRS, there's a lot of opportunities to do contract work and you know, maybe you work 10 hours a week yep. um, into retirement because you enjoy it. Not because of money, but because you enjoy it. That could be a possibility. Yeah, and so uh, retiring is a big, big question. Again, it's um, it's two answers, and sometimes they are different answers. So something you certainly want to make sure you, you cover as you look at your situation. And another question is, is um, you know, whether to buy or rent a home. And so, you know, the, the first question is, is do you like owning a home? And you know, do you mind dealing with repairs when they come up? Um, do you feel like, you know, do you want to get neighbors and get to know them better as a homeowner? Because um, the fact is homeownership isn't inherently a home run from a financial standpoint. I mean, a lot of, you know, one success in real estate, it boils down to location, um, timing, and quite frankly, luck. Um, you know, if a Walmart is put in down the road, then it's probably going to increase the the, the prices associated with the homes and so forth. So, you know, by extension, um, you know, renting isn't inherently throwing money away. I mean, it can often be the right call for folks. Um, so non-financial considerations should should play a major factor in deciding whether you, you know, you go forward with a home purchase. Uh, you know, in addition to considering maintenance obligations and social connections, um, prospective home buyers should take into account whether a rental could offer the same amenities as they could get through home ownership. Um, and whether maybe home ownership would provide a greater sense of peace and security. So, um, you know, don't just buy a home for financial reasons. There's a lot of quality of life considerations that are really central um, in the in the thought process. So, you know, particularly I had a um, client who moved out to Texas, um, and they decided to rent because they didn't know the the length of time they were going to be out there. They were going to take take mm-hmm. care of a family member. Right. And they needed the flexibility, and then they then they looked at the financial side of it, and the property taxes where they were going if they would have bought uh, were almost as much as you know, the mortgage wow. payment. Okay. So renting, they didn't have to to sure. worry about that. Wow, yeah, that's definitely a good point. Uh, another question is whether to pay off the mortgage. Um, sure, you can calculate a return on investment for mortgage pay down. It's basically your interest rate less any tax breaks you're receiving for carrying the loan. Um, based on today's you know lower interest rates historically, the return on investment um, from mortgage paydown ne- isn't necessarily that great, and stocks have handily outpaced it in in the prior years. But at the end of the day, mortgage paydown delivers a return that can't necessarily be measured. Yeah, uh, and that's peace of mind. That's that's saying, hey, you know, we don't have a mortgage anymore. We're completely debt free. Like that is something that's- you can't put into Excel. <laughs> That's a big deal. I mean, that is a that's a big 
Big yeah. deal. And anybody that knows Matthew and I knows that we're big believers in paying, paying off debt, paying off debt um, particularly going into retirement. And so the key question for mortgage pay down then really isn't math related. It's how much do you need a peace of mind uh, solution? And if you're 35 and you have a long runway to retirement and a secure job, um, you may say not much. I don't don't want to pay it off early, but um, you know you may be better off using those funds and investing in retirement accounts. But if you're getting really close to retirement, your appetite for peace of mind is likely much higher. And reducing your fixed expenses through a mortgage pay down is a great way to achieve that. So you know, for some investors, maybe a middle ground is the right course of action. You make a small additional payment each month um, that can help shorten the term of your loan without dramatically curtailing the ability uh, to contribute to retirement accounts. So again, uh, these are great examples. We have these conversations all the time. And, and uh, you know, there's, there is a, a, a math answer on this, but the personal and the peace of mind um, answer is, is more important. Yeah, that's good. This last one, um, just an example um, of, of, you know, another one of these questions is whether to change jobs. And so, um, just a recent, recent story of, of, a young person, uh, just starting their career, taking a wonderful job, um, making a good income. They, they received another job offer at a competing firm. Um, everything about it outshone, uh, this person's compensation package and the new firm was going to let this person live wherever they wanted. It was going to be remote. Um, so this person turned to friends and, and, um, you know, p- people in their lives that they trusted for advice. And, and a couple of the questions that they asked this person was, do you want to leave your current employer? Do you think you'd be happier working at this other company? With the answer being, no, I don't want to leave and I don't think I'd be happier, even though she'd be making more money. Yeah. Um, so it, it is really not all about numbers. It's, it's, hey, do you enjoy your coworkers? Do you enjoy uh, the atmosphere and the culture of your current company? Which gets back to, it's not a spreadsheet answer all the time. Yeah, and so a lot of workers today find themselves with a lot of bargaining power in the job market, and uh, they can leave, you know, um, having multiple offers from from companies, uh, you know, different companies out there. So, you know, job hunters often latch on to what's quantifiable in this situation, the salary, the bonus, the benefits. Um, but, uh, you know, we would argue to look at the, uh, the workplaces, the position that's you're going to be in the location. Um, do you have to get up and move um, halfway across the, the country? So, you know, there's a lot of other factors that you have to look at. So, again, in, in summary, when we look at um, questions, there's always two answers. Um, there's a financial answer and then a personal and emotional answer. And, and we do explore both of those. And uh, we do find a lot of times the personal emotional answer has a lot of value to it that you can't, like you said, you can't calculate that. But a lot of times that will override the actual financial answer. And it's a good decision for that person. So, and it's different for each person. But um, yeah, that's a great, uh, great topic and good article from uh, from Morningstar. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're going to switch gears here to the uh, question of the week. And you got this, I think, from a client. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm about to have a a baby. And should I build up cash or put extra to debt? And, um, you know, if you think about Dave Ramsey's baby steps, um, Dave would tell you to kind of pause um, the debt payments and, and build up cash. I mean, having some extra cash as you go through that transition in your life um, could be very valuable. And um, if you don't use it, then you can go pay debt, you know, three, six, nine months later. So yeah, that's it right. gives you flexibility. Yeah, and it provides that stability, right? I mean, it's just, especially for a first baby, just something that is unknown. There's a lot of just uh, maybe angst, um, you know, associated with this. So yeah, providing that cash to be there, make sure mom's okay, make sure baby's okay. And then you're right. If you don't use it, you know, 
have a nice meal, then go pay off his debt or you go. go to the next goal. Yep. Very good. So we're going to uh, switch gears here and uh, uh, talk about uh, what is lifestyle creep. This is from uh, Rachel Cruz out of the Ramsey Solutions organization. Yeah. So this is, you know, thinking through, you get a new raise, you get a new job with a bigger paycheck. Uh, first of all, congrats. But what happens to that extra cash flow coming your way each month? If you aren't careful, um, this thing called lifestyle creep can get you off track from getting ahead with your money. So uh, first of all, what what is it? What is a lifestyle creep? What what does that mean? Yeah, basically, is when your income goes up and your spending creeps up right next to it, mm-hmm. and it meets it. So uh, sometimes you don't even notice the sh- the shift. I mean, it just happens. So um, you know, now things could be worse. You could be overspending, but but lifestyle creep is is still bad for your money. So you've got financial goals, and so a raise could help you get there um, sooner. Uh, you know, if you allocate it correctly and. If not, you're going to start just spending it on impulse buys and eating out and uh, really anything that comes in front of you. So lifestyle creep can have happen really at any stage, but it's a result of raises and side hustles and promotions. So anytime you know your 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 income increases, you've got to be intentional with that money. And that's a really key um, step here is intentionality. Uh, otherwise your lifestyle is just going to creep up and it's going to take over that extra income and you won't make significant progress on right. your goals. Yeah, and here are two um, just examples of, of signs of lifestyle creep. Uh, one would be money goals are at a standstill. Um, so if you have goals and you're, uh, let's say you're building an emergency fund or paying off debt, uh, saving up for a dream vacation, investing in retirement, um, you, know, you can do all of these, um, but if you're not intentional with your money, like you just said, uh, it's going to be very difficult, and you're you're going to get through the year and say, "Wow, okay, I had that raise. Where did it go? We we didn't make progress at any of our money goals." So you know, thinking through your goals and just asking, "Are you making progress as you think you should with your income at a high level?" That's that's a good question to ask. Yeah, and another sign of life lifestyle creep is um, little luxuries have become you know everyday habits. So the fancy latte that you're getting mm-hmm. uh, periodically, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Now it's become something that you stop by every single morning and. You know, uh, Dave calls it five bucks because right. those coffees are at well, least five dollars. more than that now. That's right. Inflation. That's right. So maybe it was buying lunch every day, um, you know, or maybe getting pedicures, you know, every week, or maybe you're, you know, going and um, having fancy and expensive dinners, whatever it is. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with spending money and having, you know, some allocated to fun stuff, um, as long as it's in the budget and uh, you're making progress on your goals. Um, but you know, if, if, if all things, um, that were once treats now feel completely normal, it could be a sign of, of lifestyle creep. Yeah. And we hope you see that buying nice things isn't the problem here. There's something deeper and it's that mindless spending. It's that non, not being intentional with your money. Uh, the problem is letting your money do whatever, instead of telling it what you want it to do. Lifestyle creep can be harmful to your financial health and financial security. Are you trading the future for the present? Um, but you aren't even really aware that you're doing it. Um, so if you start uh, making extra money or get a raise, take a minute, celebrate it, go out with friends and family, but then start to make a plan for what you want to do with that money um, because y- you want to be able to look back and see, wow, okay, that was a great time and we did use that that money well. Yeah, so there are seven ways to fight lifestyle creep. And the first one is, is just plan for the future. All of your money decisions will flow out of what's important to you. So your career choices, purchases, investments, um, college for the kids. Um, so you got to start there. Take some time to think about your values. Write down your financial goals. Put up some pictures if that helps you to remind you of why you're taking up the fight against this lifestyle creep. And 
you have to put um, in work today to get the tomorrow that you're dreaming of. So just a little bit of planning for some of these major goals. And the specifics on planning is number two is to get on a budget. Um, budgeting gets a bad rap, but uh, we like to say that it's it's a spending plan. Yep. It frees you up to spend on what you truly want, not just letting money go out. It's a key to getting ahead with your money. A budget is just a plan uh, for your income and expenses. And, and that's exactly what you need if you see yourself on this spending creep or lifestyle creep. Um, yeah, so that that's really the the goal with the budget is, is to make sure you understand what's coming in and what's going out. Yeah, which helps you with number three, which would be cut back on some expenses. And so, you know, if you do have this pattern of, of lifestyle creep, um, you've gotten, you know, used to some expenses that you don't need. So look at the budget that you made. Remember, you don't have to drop everything. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll you'll find some extras that sneaked into your, you know, spending habits and become, you know, something every single day um, that you may be able to cut back uh, or even cut out completely. So, um, so if you do it, then your budgeted money can go towards what's really important to you, some of those other big goals that you have. That's good. Number four is to set up automatic transfers. Once you've made the budget and trimmed it, do yourself a favor and set up some automatic transfers to help you move forward with your goals. Example would be to build up your savings account, have some of your paycheck go straight into savings, or set up an automatic transfer that moves some of your money um, from your checking to savings at least once a month. Or if you're on baby step four of Dave Ramsey's um, seven-step plan, you can set up 15% of your income to go straight into your retirement accounts. Um, it, it's, it's that raise that you get that really, um, you know, to be intentional with that, to set up the automatic transfers um, can reduce a lot of the decision fatigue that comes from having to make a decision every month of what do we do with this. Those automatic tra- transfers are really helpful. Um, from personal experience, I can say that as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Another uh, item on the list here is is get to know your money mindset. Um, that's just a unique set of beliefs and your attitude uh, about finances. I mean, it drives the decisions that you make about saving and spending and handling money. And and a lot of it goes into um, a lot goes into your money mindset, including your past experiences and your personality. Um, you know, are you a natural spender? Uh, maybe you're a natural saver and you save too much. You know, are you riskier or risk averse um, towards, um, are you more towards, you know, excitement or mundane activities? So once you kind of get an idea of money mindset, you can get a handle on some of these financial life uh, choices. And Dave Ramsey, um, I like the way he's termed it as nerds and free spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, nerds are, you know, all about numbers and, and sometimes saving too much and free spirits are, they're like numbers, but they they're they're free and they spend and so forth. So uh, just kind of, you got to understand where you know your your pros and your cons. What what you're kind of um, acclimated to. Which which one are you? Uh, I'm a little bit of both actually. I, hmm. I actually I mean I definitely have a nerd side um, where I like the details, but I'm I can also have some impulse hmm. uh, buys as well. So it's interesting. Um, your mom and I um, we we balance each other out. She's um, she's, she's got a little bit of both. So it, it worked, it has worked, but I, I mean, I like the numbers and spreadsheets, but also right. I, I found that I like to have fun and, and I have some impulse. Yeah. How about the you? Free spirit. It's a good question. Probably more of the nerd. Yeah. Definitely like that. Definitely like more of the structure and, 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 uh, you know, rigidity of a budget if, if you would say, but yeah. Yeah. So growing in the free spirited side as well. Uh, number six is uh, really quick. I won't go into a lot of detail, but do a social media cleanse. Um, there's a lot of comparison, just a lot of not great things on social media. So if you're tempted to compare yourself and um, tempted to spend more because of what you see on social media, yeah, consider stopping that for a while. Yeah, and the last item to, to do um, if you have um, uh, lifestyle creep is practice generosity. I mean, 
how can giving back help? I mean, well, lifestyle creep naturally encourages us to think about ourselves. Generosity moves to uh, focus off of us and our problems and on to others. And it's a great way to make a shift in your, in your money mindset and help others at the same time. Um, Ron Blue um, says that giving breaks the power of money. Uh, because it's God's money, right? He's given us all these you know, gifts and skills and talents, and this is powerful, and it can shape and change um, your life if you follow some of those principles. So you can beat lifestyle creep. You have to understand um, that uh, you know, it's your spending habits and some of these, these items. Um, I like the, the break in the social media piece mm-hmm. of it because there is a lot of comparisons. The generosity is fantastic. Automatic transfers, I think, is, is key as well into this. And obviously the, the spending plan or the budget, um, these all kind of work in, in coordination. So if you're struggling in this area, um, listen to the Dave Ramsey podcast. He's got great information. You'll hear phone calls of people coming in and it'll be very encouraging. You'll learn a tremendous amount. Yeah, that's right. Very good. So we're going to wrap up this uh, show with the uh, prescription of the week. Yeah. And this is, um, this is a good prescription. Um, we, you know, the first article is talking about the, you know, it's not all about the finances, not about the numbers. This is true as well with this prescription. It's have a financial plan that frees you and your family up to live without worry or having to constantly fret over finances. Financial plan should provide a perspective that leads to peace. So, you know, the, the, the numbers, the budget, um, the financial plan, the retirement plan, the debt plan, the house plan, you know, the kids college plan, all of these plans um, should really we we want we desire for them for our clients to free them up to not have to worry about finances. We want to provide that clarity that then they can say, okay, I don't have to worry about this. I can go enjoy my family. I can go enjoy my work because um, I don't necessarily have to work now. I'm in, I'm working because I enjoy it because I want to. So these plans that we talk about um, all the time are really designed to provide that sense of peace, that sense of okay, we're going to be okay. We don't have to worry about this. We can go live our lives and enjoy that. Yeah, and it, it, it's like a puzzle. I mean, you know, every everyone's puzzle is a little bit different um, from the inputs and the outputs and the values and so forth. So um, having a, a financial plan, um, and, and that's what Dave's baby steps really are, talking about emergency funds and paying off debt and saving for retirement and kids' college and paying off homes. I mean, it's it's if you follow Dave's process and Dave's steps, um, that is a financial plan in itself. And, and so that is so important. And it is uh, very um, rewarding for us when we when we do help people find that financial peace and set that up. So if you have any questions on that, certainly reach out to us. We're more than happy to help you. And uh, this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Uh, tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial help. Check out our website, MoneyMD.net. Send us your questions and give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 706- Seven three nine zero seven two five. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.